It's time for church, the church of sport. In today's sermon, we're amazed by the spirit of the Kiwis, give our love to the Ranfilly Shield, and reflect on some saucy stuff happening in New Zealand sport. My name's Pastor Stu. Thank you for joining us once again on the Church of Sport. And I'm very happy to introduce once again my co-host, the very, very Reverend Mike. Thanks, Pastor Stu, and thanks for welcoming me back into the Church of Sport for another sermon. Okay, so last weekend, uh, the Kiwis, or the New Zealand teams, did a double on the Aussies with the netballers winning. But uh, before that, the Kiwis beat the Kangaroos in in Auckland um, in a reasonably high-scoring game. And uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that the Kiwis actually got over the line in that one. Well, um, certainly the start of the game had all the hallmarks of a uh, Aussie whitewash, didn't it, with um, the Aussies getting away to a quick try and then bombing a couple of certain tries uh, down the same wing. So uh, I wasn't holding out too much hope at the early part of the game, but um, the Kiwis came right. They played uh, they played a good, solid game of rugby league, uh, hitting it up, making great metres uh, with their hit-ups um, and some great runs. And um, it was a really fabulous game of rugby league to watch, probably one of the best I've seen uh, from the Kiwis for some time. Yeah, well, the impressive thing for me was that they stuck with it. And uh, they actually controlled, you know, large elements of the game. And I mean, the thing with the kangaroos, it doesn't really matter who's playing. They're they're always going to be dangerous, and they can score from anywhere. And you think you're going well, and the next thing they've rattled on a couple of a couple of tries. But the Kiwis stuck with it, and I think that was the most pleasing thing for me uh, from that game. Yeah, it was a uh, was a close run thing in the end, though, wasn't it? Uh, it sort of had the hallmarks yeah. of a bit of a Warriors uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory feel about it with, um, you know, we were three tries ahead uh, and then the Aussies put on a, a couple of quick ones uh, right at the very end and uh, they seemed destined to probably steal the game from us, um, but fortunately it ended before they could do that. But yeah, I mean, the Kiwis played um, probably apart from the first 10 minutes and uh, maybe the last five minutes, uh, they played a good 65-minute game. Um and yeah, that, that will be good enough if they play that sort of rugby league for that amount of time to overcome the English, I would think. But probably not good enough to consistently beat the Australians. They need a good 70-75-minute uh, game if they want to do that. Yeah, and uh, Sean Johnson was named uh, player of the match, but I think there were a few more worthy winners than him. Was it, Is this a case of uh, just just picking the sort of the superstar player as a player of the game? I mean, he, he did some things well, but I think uh, there are other players uh, who who were more the in the engine room who probably deserved it more. Yeah, how were your waves? Uh played <laughs> how we're a wild race <laughs> and, and, and watch your weather <laughs> and what we won't play <laughs> and, and my top three players <laughs> yeah you know i think we're um i think we're all pretty pleased and relieved when sean johnson runs at the line um because i think we have the sphere um, that you know, um, he might not ever be back to his best. Um, you know, he's he's one of our local superstars, um, and I think we really pin a lot of our hopes on him. So um, yeah, for him to be named Player of the Match doesn't surprise me because he had a good game. Um, he had a great game actually, and I think a lot of that is relief that he's running to the line uh, and making those gaps and setting up those plays. So um, I guess in addition to that, um, it was nice to see. Jesse Bromwich and uh, Proctor not appear on the ground with uh, with the white lady powder all over their nose. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I guess with the player of the match, the player of the day thing, it doesn't really matter. It's it's always about the team, and that's just uh, something that's awarded. That really goes to the team anyway. It's uh, I think at that level of sport, it's it's quite token in many ways uh, in, in a test match, and it's just something that again the the uh, the um, administration and also the media feels that they need to org- organise a, a player of the day. I thought uh, Jared Wairia Hargraves played quite well, though. <laughs> and I guess uh, I guess we should uh, just be grateful that it wasn't Wally Lewis picking the player of the day because it probably would have been Billy Slater. Sean Johnson should feel lucky that he got it. <laughs> yeah, this is right. This is true. This, anyway. Anyway, always celebrate a Kiwi's victory. And uh, it's again, we talked about this last week. The crowd was a bit down um, in numbers, but maybe this victory will bring them back. Of course, this week the Aussies are playing Tonga at the same ground, and that's, all, that's a sellout, and it's going to be a sea of red. And it's going to be exciting for all those Tongan fans um, going up against the Aussies. Now, I think I read somewhere that the Aussies haven't lost two games in a row uh, for maybe forty or fifty years, something like that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great game, and um, well, it's going to be a great uh, spectacle. Uh, I'm not sure if it will be a great game. Um, you know, Australia still played well last week. It's not like uh, it's not like the bottom of the pile all of a sudden or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm expecting a comfortable kangaroo victory. So also last weekend, the Ram Philly Shield changed hands with uh, Otago beating Waikato, and therefore I think uh, there's no more sh- no more games this year for the Shield, so Otago keep it uh, over the summer. Look, that was um, probably uh, the best game of rugby I've seen all year, and it was a super traditional Ramfield Shield match, uh, where right. uh, you know the challenger uh, held the lead uh, at half time. The the holder came back during the second half, um, and there was uh, drama aplenty. Um, that Waikato uh, loose forward um, who lost his mind, uh, while Waikato uh, were getting a string of penalties right near the end when he uh, he uh, put his boot into an Otago player player's head on the ground um, and there were um, and then the penalty got reversed that was Waikato's right. chance really um, and there were plenty of fisticuffs along the way including immediately after the game so it was just a really fantastic game of rugby and um, uh, a great Ram Philly Shield game and the New Zealand Rugby Football Union uh, should feel totally ashamed of themselves that that uh, stadium uh, was less than half full. Um, a complete travesty uh, that uh, such a great game um, and you know, uh, in terms of the history of New Zealand rugby, such an important one with the Ramfilly Shield as well um, and yet they've devalued that, uh, that competition uh, for the Shield so much uh, that there wasn't even a half full stadium there. Um, completely right. disgusted with the New Zealand Rugby Football Union and they should be ashamed and it's a sign that uh, the business of rugby has well and truly uh, overtaken um, rugby again. Well it wouldn't be the Church of Sport without a business of rugby uh, com- comment so amen to that. I didn't see the end of the game. Did they um, did the Waikato captain present the Shield and and was that done? You said there was a bit of fisticuffs. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously uh, the Waikato camp were pretty bitter and disappointed. I think uh, mm. I think they really felt like they were in with a shot of uh, saving that game, and they certainly were. Um, you know, Waikato, again, string of penalties. They couldn't quite get over the line. Uh, they had another penalty, um, and then, yeah, Wellington loose forward uh, kicked an Otago player in the head and the penalty got reversed and that was really the end of it. Um, and uh, that set off, set off a string of um, uh, mini brawls that continued to happen uh, even after the final whistle. Um, so, yeah, so there wasn't a lot of uh, love between the two captains after the game um, and obviously Otago rubbed it in as much as they could by over-celebrating. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's a... It's a real shame that there weren't more people there to, to see it. That's good stuff because I one thing I really like about the shield when it changes hands is when the captain from the losing team actually has to give the shield and they're never happy. They're always extremely sour, as you'd expect, but it's it's all, it's all quite petulant as well. They give the shield, shake hands, there's no smiles, and then they just get out of the picture as fast as they can. And I really love that. I really love looking at that reaction. So I was a bit disappointed. That I that I missed that, uh, so I might have to try and track down some video somewhere of that presentation because I think that's a great part of it, uh, and it just shows you that, that those teams, you know, it, they really feel um, th- that the shield is important and they don't like losing it, um, and and you know that that must that's an, there wouldn't be too many other competitions in the world where. A, a losing captain has to give something a trophy or a shield or something like that to the captain of another team and um you know try and be civil about it so uh yeah i love that stuff it's great i think i think you're exactly right and you know that is that is the great shame of it all that it probably was the greatest rugby competition in the world uh the the challenge for the Ramfilly shield um and always has been along with the along with the old npc uh, format um, and yeah, why the rugby union? Well, we know why the rugby union mess with it. Um, it came down to to money. good on them, good on them, and I'm sure they'll get some reasonable crowds once they start defending it uh, next I'm year. Sure, they will. All right. Uh, so the other thing that I want to talk about is a bit of sauciness in sports. So of course, there's been lots of drama uh, in the cycling world with allegations. Uh, over former coach Anthony Peden, who was the high-performance coach for Cycling New Zealand and his alleged sexual relationship with uh, one of the female athletes, cyclists in the Cycling New Zealand program. Uh, Also allegations of bullying uh, from him as well. He, of course, has left uh, the high-performance in Cycling New Zealand and I think he's actually working in China now uh, with their team. But the big issue is uh, this unnamed woman who apparently they've had a sexual relationship. She was part of the program. Uh, This is deemed inappropriate, of course, given the coach-athlete relationship. Uh, Is is this actually a big deal? Look, I think there's uh, lots of different aspects to this. There's um, there's obviously the bullying aspect. um, And, you know, you're... You're not going to create a great environment uh, when you uh, when you behave like that. Um, there's the aspect of uh, you know, as a coach, he was also the selector, and so I guess there's a perception mm. that if he's having a relationship, there might be some uh, bias there. But beyond that, uh, I don't believe it's a story, and I know that um, I know that people are calling for this uh, female cyclist to be named. I'm totally opposed to that. Um, the issue has come and gone, um, and there's no good that can come from uh, her being named. Um, 
you know, I really feel for her. I hope the uh, I hope the relationship uh, she got out of it what she wanted. Um, whatever she whatever she was looking for, I hope she I hope she got that. You know, if she was looking for love and attention or whatever, then um, I hope she received that. I hope she felt valued and um, cared for. Um, I don't I don't think she's done anything wrong at all. If he wasn't the selector as well as the coach, um, then I would say there's absolutely no problem at all. Um, so yeah, so uh, media wanting her to be named, um, it's a bit of a witch hunt for no reason. Um, and I'm pretty opposed to that. Let uh, sleeping dogs lie. I think they might have already done it anyway, not in terms of the naming, but I've seen a few photos of him. You know, it just happens to be at, at an event, whether that was the Commonwealth Games last or last year or whenever it was earlier this year. Um, or whatever other event in previous years, and you know he, he's at the start line with a female cyclist. And I don't know if it's consistently the same one, uh, but I think that's potentially how they've done it without actually naming her and getting themselves into any trouble. Of course, um, yeah, I, I guess the contractually he probably had it in his in his contract. You know that that sort of relationship was in a, was deemed to be inappropriate, but I'm sure it it does actually happen all the time. And it's just, yeah, if people consider her selection bias or um, the fact that she had more opportunities than other athletes and it was because of the relationship that that they had, um, yeah, it's just the perception of it uh, more than what actually may have happened as a result of it. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway. I'm, I'm, pre- yeah. I'm pretty sure she was there because um, she deserved to be. Um, oh, and yeah. Yeah. you know she she wouldn't have been in that situation if she was some lame-o cyclist. Um, mm. She obviously had the skill and talent to be there. So I, I'm really not too sure what the issue is, other than um, you know he created a poor environment by being a bit of a bully, and um, you know being a selector probably wasn't the wisest thing to be uh, having a relationship with one of the mm. athletes. Yeah, I mean people working in. in relationships uh, in close working relationships together sometimes these things might happen um it's it's people being people unfortunately and uh, things happen when uh, you know you spend lots of time with with people you might not mean it to happen but uh for one reason or another it does the frailties of being a human and again as i've said in the past we're all too quick to persecute people for that Thanks for joining us on The Church of Sport. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Facebook. Leave us a comment and a review. We'll be back next week to speak more truths on New Zealand sport and beyond. On behalf of my co-host, the very, very Reverend Mike, I'm Pastor Stu. Go in peace or just go hard. Amen to that, Pastor Stu.